Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Hopefully everyone's doing great out there. I myself am doing good. I think we should get into the episode because I'm pretty excited for this one. This is the 2019 HBO Max exclusive Zack Snyder's Justice League. Before I get into anything with this episode, this is a spoiler warning. I'm going to do my best to avoid spoilers, however, they may occur, it may happen. I do have some things written down. As far as what I see, my notes are not very spoilery at all. However, I would really hate to ruin the movie for you, so if you really want to go into it with a unbiased opinion, a fresh set of eyes, so to speak, so please watch the movie first, then come back here to see what I had to say about it. For all the mythical things we've heard about in media, whether it's movies, music, etc., we've heard about many things that may exist, or we know exist, but will never be released. It happens all the time. One thing that I would like to have is a version of Metallica's and Justice for All that would actually restore the bass to, you know, being audible. How about the reportedly terrible as both a film and subject matter Jerry Lewis film The Day the Clown Cried? Both of those are examples of things that I would like to either hear or see just to say that I did because we were told that we can't have these things, which would be the case of those two projects, or the subject matter is simply too touchy. That's not something that the general public would look favorably upon, especially if they were a very much loved icon such as Jerry Lewis. There's tons of projects that have been finished sitting in vaults. That's not exactly the case with Justice League. We did receive a version of the film that was largely not directed by Zack Snyder. However, over the last four years since the disaster that was Justice League, we heard reports that there is an alternate cut, a Zack Snyder original cut. Reports were that it was finished and sitting in a WB vault. Then we find out from WB head Walter Hamada that it doesn't exist. He was correct, it didn't exist in a truly watchable form. Fan outcry persisted, WB was bought by AT&T, and all of a sudden, discussions happened. Zack Snyder was given roughly $70 million to complete the film, and we have now what I believe to be the definitive version of Justice League. First things first on the movie itself. If you don't care for Zack Snyder's version of the DC Universe, you probably still won't care for it after watching this movie. My feelings on... Zack Snyder's Justice League is that it actually does provide closure to his universe there. Yes, it is left open a little bit, however, it really does kind of feel like the end, even though there are some little bits there that make you think, hey, maybe we'll get a sequel, Zack Snyder's Justice League 2, or we'll get that solo Ben Affleck film. Who knows? I never thought we would get this Justice League film, so it's a step in the right direction, specifically for me and the fans out there of what Zack Snyder was doing. I actually care for his DC universe. I think it was pretty great. It gave me something different than what Marvel was doing, but general audiences wanted what Marvel was doing. They didn't want this, so the series pretty much got canceled. A large part of failure on Warner Brothers' part might be the overspending on the films as well as actually going and not letting it complete itself. 
Warner Brothers is a very reactionary company. They're always switching gears. Every time something's in production, something doesn't work out, then all of a sudden they switch gears to something else. Granted, it could be within that same universe or not. They just simply don't know what they're doing. Does anybody remember when Warner Brothers was going to make a movie based off the trench scene from Aquaman? They wanted to make a movie based off the creatures. You know, it seemed like such a great idea since a lot of people and critics praised that one scene in the movie. We should build an entire film around that, right? Considering Warner Brothers is reactionary, it means that we may actually get a sequel to Justice League or a continuation of some sort. I would welcome that. I know a lot of people would, but I'm going to keep my expectations tempered because, again, they're reactionary. It can either work in a fan's favor or completely work against it. From the first opening scene, we know we are truly getting a different vision that matches the tone and feel of Man of Steel or Batman vs. Superman. A lot of people do criticize Zack Snyder's direction, mostly his use of slow motion. Me personally, I like it. The first time I ever took notice of that was actually with the movie 300. It allowed for some really cool looking action scenes. Maybe he does overdo it, but I think it looks great. It doesn't take me out of watching the films. However, it may take other viewers out. At the very start of Zack Snyder's Justice League, it started off in a similar fashion, similar to Batman vs. Superman. Just how that showed the destruction of Metropolis from a different perspective, we have seen the death of Superman in slow motion. Also, it's done in a completely different way. I thought it was great to see it from a new perspective. It's something that I like that he does. He puts a unique spin on scenes that we may have seen before. You could call it subverting expectations. I don't really think that that's the case here. I actually think it's pretty neat from a stylistic standpoint. It allows me to experience something that I've already experienced, but, but I might come away with a different feeling on that particular scene. The nice thing is I'll never get those two scenes mixed up. They're the same scene, but clearly executed differently. It's also nice seeing the movie in an unrushed form. We get some scenes from the theatrical that were Snyder's original footage, and unsurprisingly they actually feel complete and aren't chopped to a quick, incoherent mashup of two directors' visions. Yes, the movie is four hours long, but the scene extensions really do play out better. More importantly, the movie actually makes sense this time around, and is definitely more coherent. On the theatrical version of Justice League, it was a mandate that the movie had to be two hours. Didn't make a whole lot of sense when the other two in the series were three hours long, but we all know Warner Brothers knew best. One of the things you're probably wondering about this movie is how dark is it? The movie Batman vs Superman got accused of being too bleak, too dark, too depressing, too whatever. This one here I think is actually lighter as far as on the entertainment scale. It's definitely a dark film, I guess, if you want to call it that, as far as some of the themes being thrown around. At the end of the day, this here is a blockbuster comic book film. It still feels that way. There are some jokes scattered throughout. It doesn't have the awkward, out of place, thrown in feeling as they were in the theatrical cut. Of course, all that was the reshoots, thanks to the 
had to be funnier mandate from Warner Brothers. Here, everything flows naturally. That's one of the best things you could ask for in a film. As far as how the movie actually feels, I feel like there's a lot of heart in this movie. I feel like Zack Snyder actually poured his heart and soul into this project. It's one for him, it's for his daughter, it's for his fans. It's an important movie because an artist is actually allowed to complete their work. Zack Snyder's version of Justice League is a unleashed Zack Snyder, which is a good thing in my opinion. I think he's allowed to do exactly what he wanted. He took no salary whatsoever for this movie. He did that because he wanted to have greater creative control in the project. He wanted complete control. He got it. It's definitely self-indulgent. I can't say it's not. I honestly am okay with it though. David Lynch was indulgent in Twin Peaks to the return. Quentin Tarantino did it in once upon a time in Hollywood. I think it's very important that these directors, these artists, any director in general, would be allowed to actually complete their vision. They should be able to create freely. I'm glad that he was able to do so. One of the other big improvements here is the character of Steppenwolf. Of course, that's the main villain. He feels like a threat here from his first appearance to when he first speaks. He doesn't feel like a joke to me here. The stakes feel high compared to what we saw before. If we're going to say about how good Steppenwolf looks, I think Darkseid looks better as well. The CGI is dodgy at spots. They did the best they could with what they had to work with. I didn't think anything looked overly bad, but then again, I didn't think Wonder Woman 84 looked overly bad either as far as the CGI. Everybody tells me it looks bad, I don't think so. I thought this movie looked great for what it was, I wasn't expecting too much on the special effects front. Overall, it looked pretty good. It really did. None of the superheroes here actually get shortchanged on time, the only one that really does is Superman. Of course, that's by design. Superman is dead. They have to actually bring him back. So we do get that return of Superman, which is cool. I like what they did here. That's no surprise because it's in the marketing materials. But yeah, Superman is in the black suit. That's pretty awesome as well. We haven't had black suit Superman. Of course, that's his healing suit for those who did not know. Other introductions here, such as the Flash and Cyborg, I think they were handled well. The slow motion nature of how the Flash moves so fast that it slows down time, it really does create a stunningly beautiful scene. I also feel that way about the football scene featuring Cyborg. As much as people complain about Snyder's use of slow motion, it's used to great effect here for these different scenes. I still think casting of everyone in the Snyderverse or DCEU, whatever you want to call it, is spot on. If anything, I'm glad Ray Fisher's Cyborg has more screen time. He really is a complex character that had a good chunk of his story cut in the Joss Whedon cut. Thankfully, it's restored here as I like the child and parent storyline. Of course, that's present in the Flash as well. It also kind of goes with the theme in Man of Steel as far as the bond between a parent and child. We also, in this movie, got our first introduction to Aquaman. Another one I think was handled pretty well. It's somewhat easy enough to figure out what his storyline is. The Aquaman solo film came a year after 
but that was a year after Joss Whedon's version of Justice League. We had some other great character moments as well. I enjoyed the discussion between Lois Lane and Martha Kent. There's a twist to the scene, I won't reveal it. The discussion between them is so much better here. If anything, it's more emotional and really does seem how someone would react with grief. The Superman homecoming scene is also handled really well. I like the discussion between him and Lois, as well as the discussion between him and Martha. It just really works here. It's so much better than what we had before. It's like a night and day difference in a lot of these scenes. I really do have to say well done because the dialogue here is spot on. It's heartfelt, it's emotional, it also leads into cheerworthy moments when Superman is back as Superman. It doesn't decrease any level of excitement. Like I think that's one of the best things about the Joss Whedon cut is we get Superman being super. He's pretty much the Superman we know and love here being a badass. That's exactly what we wanted to see. Of course, I do feel we got a little bit of that with Man of Steel, as well as Batman vs. Superman, but people tell me I'm wrong. The movie itself is broken up into six segments. I like that idea. The segments themselves run anywhere from 25 minutes all the way up to almost 50 minutes if I'm recalling correctly. It's nice. It feels like it's broken up into issues of a comic book. I know this was done because they were going to release this as a TV show. They were going to do it every week over the course of like four weeks or so. That's fine. It really does work with the very long nature of this movie. With that said, the four hour runtime really isn't that bad. It felt pretty breezy to me. It didn't feel like four hours. Some people it may feel like four hours, but I was invested. So the time just went while watching the movie. The only other big complaint that I have, and it's not even really a complaint, is the fact that the story is pretty much completely the same as what's in the theatrical version. The difference is, is that this one is a much better product. It also allows the movie to breathe. It shows that Zack Snyder really did make probably the one of the best in his DCEU, his Snyderverse. I would say that as far as that goes, I still think that I like Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman a little bit better. As far as from a directorial standpoint and feeling like Zack Snyder's invested in the movie, I think this is probably his best work there. I don't know if I like it better than some of his other films such as Watchmen. I really do like Watchmen a lot. It may be my favorite Zack Snyder film. Dawn of the Dead ranks pretty high there too as I think that's an awesome remake. My opinion on it could change. I do intend to watch it many times in the future. I don't know when I'll have time to watch a four-hour movie. It'll probably get divided up over the course of a day or so. Watching all four hours at once, as well as trying to have thoughts on, on it, it's actually a lot to take in. The good thing is, is that the future does look potentially bright for the Zack Snyder DCEU. We do know that Warner Brothers is moving forward with a different Superman. They're also deciding to not invest much more into this. However, they are actually looking at streaming numbers. If the streaming numbers are there, they see that their 70 million investment actually made them a little bit of money in terms of people watching it, as well as bringing in new subscribers to HBO Max. I wouldn't be surprised 
if we would get some more adventures in the Zack Snyder version of the DCEU. Personally, I'll be there day one. But there are rumors floating around that they are looking into potentially a Justice League 2 or even a killing joke with Jared Leto's Joker as well as Ben Affleck's Batman. I think that would be pretty interesting just based off of the nightmare scene in Zack Snyder's Justice League. We can't close out the episode without mentioning while Justice League did have a tragedy happen to Zack Snyder personally on set, the release the Snyder Cut fans, the people that were really behind this 100%, they actually raised a lot of money for suicide prevention. That is an amazing thing. I think it's a great thing that they were able to not just get this movie to come out to get Warner Brothers to notice, to get Zack Snyder invested in it again, but also that they decided to start up that charity and raise money for awareness. It's a pretty great thing that came out of a tragedy. All I have left to say on the matter is, well done Zack Snyder. Thank you for completing the film. Warner Brothers, thank you for allowing him to do it, even if your hand may have been pushed. With that said, I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, go ahead and drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. Also, if you're enjoying my show, please tell your friends about it. And be sure to leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as continue to create new episodes. With that being said, be kind and good night.